This is Dr. Dave uh, coming to you live from my desk in uh, SoCal, California. We're now in the cold month of November. I have uh, promised you uh, two to three lessons on uh, or episodes, podcasts on teaching your children how to learn. And um, I think that with the pandemic, 100-year pandemic and people trying to um, put toilet paper in their house and stay uh, afloat with their payments, that this is probably not a good time to try to understand and transmit um, to your children a new technique in learning. So I've, I've, I've given up. I've, I've thrown in the towel. I'm like, I'm the trainer, the boxer's He's out there, he's getting his eyes beat out, and I just, I'm throwing in the white towel. So, not so much on the material, it's just uh, the, the timing is not good, and um, I understand that. So, it's, the, the rules, uh, maybe uh, bookmark them, record them someplace in case uh, the internet blows up and you can't find them again, but I, I believe, and I just touched the surface on the, the visual learning and the coat hanger theory um, and how to use that. And I think it's kind of like riding a motorcycle. Um, there's this uh, cross-track um, way of steering, which is counterintuitive, meaning if you want to go left, you push your front tire to the right. And as your front tire goes to the right, your, bo- your motorcycle leans left. And you can explain that to people and explain the the physics of it and um cross track steering around going around corners or curves but until you actually see it work and have the epiphany um and some riders uh will ride for years and never understand it or do it um and then many other ones will ride for many years even professionally um and then one day they they find it and it's a big epiphany. So if you listen to um, what the last two episodes, uh, seven and eight, this is number nine, um, on teaching your children how to learn, there's some caveats in there that if you really took the time and wrote them down, um, you would do your child or yourself or someone else that's studying um, a great service. And um, I don't want any money. I, I'm not writing a book. I'm not selling a DVD. Um, I don't sell advertising. I just want to somebody who's struggling, and I've been that person in, in pre-med school or in medical school, uh, trying to learn concepts that were so foreign to me that I had to hook them onto something that I knew. But today, I want to talk to you about another topic. Is We're going to make these short and sweet and chunky um this one is building the foundation for your child so the last two i taught you how to teach your children how to learn but that doesn't make them a good citizen that doesn't make them a good student um a a good learner someone that can pass tests and knows how to study very efficiently with these tools and techniques but your job as a parent if you're not a parent uh, you will maybe at some time um is 
a tremendous responsibility from the from the moment uh, the baby um, crowns. That's a doctor term where perineum is pushing out, and you want the mother to push or do her hee hee breathing, and then the baby is born and takes that first breath of air. Um, first thing we do is we spank them, right? So uh, corporal punishment starts from the beginning of uh, life. They, they're brought into the to the world. Uh, they're brought in as sinners, and some of you are, are being, you know, are repulsed by the fact that I said that. Um, but they are. They're they're born into sin. They were born into a sin nature, so they don't have to be taught how to be bad. They know how to be bad automatically. They have to be taught how to be good. So, um, a couple concepts you, you can work against you at getting to the objective. So let's first agree on the objectives that we're trying to teach as a foundation. Because in any house, any building, any um, movement of dirt or grading or soil testing or engineering testing, if you, if you don't build on a foundation, anything you can build, 20, 30, 50-story, 100-story building, um, the foundation is weak, and then you will have issues with the rest of the building. And so using that analogy, let's at least uh, um, agree on our objectives. So if you're still with me, and um, the, I just called that sweet little pink little baby with a little um, stocking cap, a little center. Um, at least let's agree that our objective is to make them responsible citizens um, caring, confident um, citizens, children, adults, adolescents. Um, I was reading through the interweb and came across a book by a self-proclaimed expert, uh, Thomas Haller, um, who says that he's an expert in um, parenting and um, relationship issues. So. Um, so now I'm going to declare myself an expert. So um, I have seen in 33 years of medical practice and families, um, the, the dynamic between uh, children and their parents in my office, um, in, the, in the waiting room, in the hallway. And um, it doesn't take long to figure out who's got the pants, who's wearing the pants, who's, who's the uh, mother eater. Um, We'll discuss that later. That That is in uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules of Life, which I highly recommend. Um, Jordan Peterson's got it going on. I mean, he is up against an avalanche of uh, court, um, culture warriors who are doing everything they can to uh, pull him down from his position of teaching in a as a clinical psychi psychologist um, in Toronto, um, somewhere in Canada, it may not be Toronto. Um, so he's a Canadian psychologist and uh, a, ver a very good um, lecturer. He reads his uh, own writings, I believe. Uh, it's an audible book or you can pick it up. But the 12 rules of life are extremely um, on, on, on point. So back to our objectives. Um, the other proclaimed expert, uh, Thomas Taylor, um, is studied Greek and Hebrew and is very much against the corporal punishment. Well, corporal 
you know, he said he took eight years of Hebrew and Greek to figure out what the word rod meant. As in Proverbs, it says, whoever spares a rod hates his children or spoils his children. Or else in Proverbs 22:15, it says, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from her or him. Um, I am a staunch believer in corporal punishment. Corporal just means body. And actually, if you want to get down to the nitty, I don't need eight years of Greek to tell me or Latin to tell me that um, corporal means just the main body, not the arms or the legs. So if you want to slap them on the hand or, or, or spank them on the wrist, um, that's not corporal punishment, um, uh, technically. But um, the word rod doesn't mean rebar. You know, it doesn't mean you take a piece of rebar and you go out there. So the, the word rod in Hebrew actually does mean a stick, um, a stick that they measure, make measurements with, a stick like a shepherd would use. And um, Mr. Holler, um, you know, says gently guides his, his sheep. You know, he says gently. The shepherd has a stick and is gently guiding or the rod so uh, i'm sure he gives me a couple of wax you know um if they're not listening so but it doesn't have to whack them all and he doesn't have to use it on everybody and it's just one aspect but it's it's so controversial it's like throwing everything else out and not realizing um your responsibility as a parent. So how how do we get to the objectives of making them respectful, empathetic, um, get, giving of grace, giving of self, giving of their time, and accountable, accountable. Um, you have to build this foundation. And it is so important. It starts from the moment, as I said, the baby is born, um, we give him a good smack and um, send him on his way. But when he gets home, um, he's completely dependent on you. And he is dependent on you um, for the next 14 years, 15 years. I think at that time, they pretty much got everything you have to show them. So if we can agree on those are, are the um, the objects of what we want to accomplish um then how do we do it? Well, let me tell you what will work against you. Uh, if, if any of these are going on in your family and any of these are going on in your relationship with your children, um, those will be very difficult, if, if, if at all um, possible, to have a strong foundation. The kid will look okay, his hair will be whatever, green, blue, I don't care. Um, but his foundation will be weak and will be weak the rest of his life. That's a, that's a, a tremendous responsibility. It should, it should um, make you stand up and, and pay attention. And and you have to work at this. This is this doesn't come natural to us. It's, it's, a lot of this stuff is counterintuitive to us. But what, what can sabotage these um, points that we want to accomplish with our children, this foundation, just great foundation um one is if you think the school will handle it or the church will handle it or Sunday school will handle it or somebody else will handle it i'm off the hook 
Um, or all I got to do is buy him a new car when they're 16 and buy him a bicycle. And, oh, great, Dad, you're the greatest. Mom, you're the greatest. Um, or if you have this, I don't believe in corporal punishment. I just, no, I don't, I don't believe beating up my kids. Well, I don't believe beating up my kids either. But there are certain children that there is a, a consequence to sin. There's a consequence to bad behavior. There's a consequence to repeated offenses. And if you don't dole out the consequences that are meaningful and something that makes the child not want to do it again, um, then you're missing a, a grand opportunity. And many times the child, and I've talked about this in previous um, episodes or podcasts that I've done, is that the child is constantly looking for the, the wall. Where's, where's the wall? Where, how far can I go here? How far can I go here? Your job is to keep, that, keep those walls consistent, far, near, whatever, but consistent, Monday through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So what can sabotage is a relationship with your spouse um that you 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 have one set of um punishment and one set of discipline rules and your spouse has a different one and you're constantly arguing about how you're going to do it in front of them and you have no united front and they're sitting back there looking at okay think of a football it's like you're giving them you're giving the defense um all your plays. It's like, yeah, we're going to run the ball. No, we're going to run the ball here. All right, I'll give you the ball and you run it over to the right side. And then they already know what your play is. So that'll sabotage it faster than anything. Or reading uh, these self-proclaimed specialists um, on corporal punishment and and what, what certain words mean and um, substituting, um, what did he substitute? the rod for accountability. So, uh, it's almost laughable, but having raised three children, um, a girl and two boys, each being uniquely different, um, the sabotage would be not to be involved with your kids, not to spend time with them and not to be an example. So, all right, now we know what not to do. We know what to do. And there's a special way to um, use the rod or the shepherd's stick. I kind of like the shepherd's stick thing. I, th I think it's a good thing. So I'm going to give that Mr. Thomas Haller a, a shout out for that one. So I like that. And I like the fact that accountability, I think it's a very important aspect of what we're trying to accomplish. But um, one, one more thing will sabotage. And I've got a picture of a helicopter and it's, there's a mother in there and she's driving this helicopter and she's she's either a, a helicopter mom who is so overly involved in her child's life and micromanaging to the nth degree that they talk for their they talk for the child they respond to the child they are either that or they're a mother eater or a child eater as discussed very eloquently by dr Peterson, S-O-N, Jordan Peterson in the 12 Rules of Life. Um, mother eaters are those that subconsciously break down the child's ability 
to fend for himself in life and therefore becomes an overgrown adolescent or an overgrown child, but never grows up, never takes responsibility for their actions. It's never their fault. And the mother does everything for them. So as long as the mother does everything, then she has a child that's not going to leave her. Um, it's going to be the child that lives in the basement that's 40 years old and playing video games. And um, um, BMI is probably in the 35 to 40 range with uh, dominoes, um, cartons, and uh, video games stacked up because you know, everything's taken care of. The, uh, the rent's being paid, the food's being paid. The, and ever since the child was young, the mother eater or the child eater um, has been grooming this child so she he won't leave or she won't leave. They, they want a friend. They want somebody to stay with them. Very good chapter on that. Spot on. I wouldn't even attempt to come close to how eloquently he puts it. Um, and um, so, again, I would recommend that book. The um, And so how do we do this? So, so first of all, um, you have to establish from day one respect and response. You have to earn their respect. So you don't you don't get a free ride as a dad or a mom. But I'm going to talk from a father's perspective. I expect my children to respect me now, then, until I'm dead and after, and when they were growing up. I did not tolerate disrespect. I did not tolerate non-responsiveness. If I told them to do something, they were going to do it. And if I told them there would be consequences if they didn't do it, there were consequences if they didn't do it. I followed through. Many times, you know, oh, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. That's very true in many respects because I don't want to do that. I don't want to be tied up. I got other things to do. I, it's a lot of work to raise kids. So they'll push, they'll push the wall. They'll see where if you're going to follow through and there has to be a consequence. Is it always a shepherd's uh, rod? Is it always a shepherd's little uh, walking stick? Um, just smack them. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, slapping them across the face or hit them in the head or causing subdural hematomas. I'm talking about um, a paint stick when they're little. Um, but there has to be a process. The process is, this is the last straw. This is the, I, I've tried the, the time out. I've tried the uh, go wait in the corner or you're not going to have dinner or whatever else, go to your room. Uh, and they're not working. So we're, we're calling in the nuclear option. So the nuclear option is um, forewarning, you know, forewarning. If you don't respect and you don't respond, um, you get the pain stick. You're going to get a spanking. So uh, go to their room, um, take them by their little hands, and um, look them in the eye. And they're crying because they, they know they got the pain stick coming. They're not crying because they did something wrong and they feel bad about doing something wrong. They're, they're crying because um, the pain stick is there. And they're going to get a whack on the butt. And um, it's going to hurt them uh, more emotionally um, um, in a good way. 
um, going to release some of that tension uh, emotionally, and it's also going to sting um, their butt. Um, is it going to lose, you know, you know, cause hematomas and and streaking uh, bruises? No, you're talking about a good whack or two on the butt that stings, and they'll cry just because they're getting the, the humility of being spanked on the butt. Um, but before the um, the guillotine comes down, you know, the guy, in the, you know, obviously making this a little bit humorous, hopefully. Um, you tell them, what did I tell you? Uh, you told me that if I didn't do this, I was going to get a spanking. Yeah. And what did you do? I didn't do it. And how many times did I ask you like a gazillion or three? Because three is like too many. Um, and so, all right. So we pray together and we pray that God would teach us and and teach me as a, as a father and teach my son or my daughter as a child. And then if I love you, I what do I have to do? Well, you have to smack me because you told me you were going to and you're going to keep your word. And God keeps his word. And God says, if you do this, there will be consequences. So not to drag us out into a, you know, a, a ceremony, but um, they bend over. I whack them. Um, they they cry. I hug them. I forgive them. Uh, but I can tell you the uh, emotional and physical response that I get many times. It's like there, it was a cartoon or a commercial. Someone got slapped and they go, "Oh, I needed that." I think it was V8, you know, um, or uh, juice, uh, vegetable juice. It's like someone got slapped in the, in the morning. It's like V8. It's like, boy, I needed that. Um, I could just see the tension leave. He felt like he had paid he paid the dues. His credit card was zero balance. He was on his way to being able to go out and ride a skateboard and not worry about and not doing what he was not supposed to do. Now these you know these are small crimes and misdemeanors. Um, these are not for every little you know smart aleck remark or looking at the wrong way or you know. Um, and some children just need a little nudge. They just need their middle name called. They just need to know that the nuclear option is on the table and, and dad will use it. And mom will use it too. Um, so mom had a different ceremony. She would just chase him around the house until she caught him. Um, so that was her ceremony. But um, it doesn't have to be really drawn out. Um, I'm probably making it a little too complex. but the bottom line is a corporal punishment is a, a good thing when used and not when you're mad. If you if you're really upset and your chattels really push you over the edge um, and you need to cool off. So never, never punish your child when you're when you're mad, like you're taking it out on them. You're going to your anger is in the way you cannot correctly discipline your child when you are yourself emotionally so angry that um and that's when it gets in trouble and most people that beat their children wait until the child has just driven them over the cliff and they could have stopped it a long time ago by using slight amount of corporal punishment slight amount of correction before it got to the point where 
they just lose their mind. I mean, they can't take it anymore. Your children can, you know, um, <laughs> there was a bumper sticker that says, um, insanity is hereditary. I, I got it from my children. Um, so they, they're wonderful in their, in their little Sunday dress and their Easter dress and they're so cute and little pictures and, um, but they can be very, um, very, very tough. And I had one, one child, very easy, um, very compliant, very, but he still had his, um, his, his dues and things that he, uh, he got in trouble for. And, um, the, the, the punishment has to fit the crime, you know, I mean, it, it's, but we're talking about punishment and it's not all about punishment. It's really about respect and response from the beginning of the child. And how do you do that? Is you walk the walk. You you have to show them um, with your with your with your head back and your shoulders back, and that you you have confidence in what you're doing. You have confidence in the way you speak to people. You have respect to people who are older than you, or or hold a higher position than you, um, or just elderly people that have l- low esteem in life as far as statue in life but you are very um respectful of that person you show them they're watching you they're watching everything you do if you're cussing and swearing and and swerving in the road and flipping people off in your car what do you expect they're going to do what you do not what you say so you have to walk that and when you mess up many times i would go into my child's bedroom wake them up and and tell them you know i i blew it you know i'm learning um i i made a mistake and um i'm asking you for your forgiveness and we would pray about that because i'm not perfect i'm gonna make mistakes and this is the first time i've had teenage children or three teenage children or whatever so the Example, I can't stress that enough. You can't be a phony. They'll read right through you. You have to have unity with your spouse on how you're going to do it. And behind closed doors, you can discuss the differences and come up with a game plan. And not all are need the rod um, of correction. Some just need to be sternly looked at. Um, and I had one that I just needed to call her middle name, and that was it. Out. that was it and she couldn't stand being having me be upset with her so um things would be made right and even to this day um that relationship is a wonderful relationship it's a it's a godly relationship and she takes the responsibility and the accountability seriously even to this day to call me up and say dad i want to get things right i want to get back on track with you and I, I just thank the Lord that, you know, um, I have a daughter like that and I have children like that, that respect me. Uh, and I don't take it for granted and I still have to earn it and I still have to be the example. Uh, but if you just check out as being a dad and it's a wonderful responsibility too. Be involved with them. Be involved with their friends. Know where they're where they're going. Know when they're coming. What who they're hanging out. Who the parents are. What are they doing when they're gone? 
you have to be involved. Now they got all these apps and all these devices and tracking devices and everything like that. Um, you know, we didn't need all that. You just find out where they're going. You have, they have to be truthful with you. If they, if they lied to me, you know, that's back to the, um, the, the ritual, you know, that's back to maybe a spatula, um, you know, pancake spatula. Um, so they have to build this foundation and you build it just one little brick at a time. And it's a very deep foundation and you're digging up the dirt and you're compacting the dirt and you're soil testing the dirt and you're leveling the dirt. And that foundation is always constantly going on. When they hit 14, in my expert opinion, since I guess you can call yourself an expert these days. Um, when they're 14, I had the 14 year old talk with them, you know, um, not all the same and not all exactly at 14, but around right front 14 um, is kind of a pivotal time. And then I'll tell you another pivotal time when I think they're old enough to um, really understand that they're messing with you and they know exactly what's going on. Um, that's about 18 months. But at 14 years of age, I sit them down. <clears throat> Usually we're somebody in a car and we're, you know, I remember when my son were down by the horses, uh, we lived on some property and it was dark. And before I went up to the house, which is another 300 feet up the, the hill, um, I sat there in the car and I, and I, and I talked to him and I just told him, you know, I said, you're on your own. He's like, what do you mean? It's like, you're on your own. You're, I've taught you everything I know just about, you know, right from wrong, you know, left from right, you know, up from down, you know what you should do. You know, when you're sinning, you know who your God is, you, you know, you have a relationship with Jesus. And from now on, it's on your shoulders. And I'd take my hand and I put a little pressure on your shoulders. And I say, you know, like, what do you mean? I said, well, you, whatever you do, the consequences, I, I can't see. I, I'm not going to be following you around and you're going to be going off on your own. You'll be driving pretty soon. You're going to be going to parties. You're going to be going to dorms. And what you do and what you say and who you pick as your friends are going to be on your shoulders. Those consequences are going to be on your shoulders because you know what's right and you know what's wrong. So that's the 14-year-old talk. The 18-month-old one is, I've told the story before, is my son was 18, uh, 18 to or two years old, somewhere around there. But he knew that when we were in a restaurant, he could act up. And uh, he'd look at me like, what are you going to do? We're in a restaurant. I mean, he didn't verbalize that. But he, the, the, the eye contact was he was throwing his peas and carrots, you know, just take a handful and just chuck them on the floor or, you know, and just look at me and I tell him, don't do that. Or are you going to get a spanking? And I could see his little mind, little, the little gears moving in his head, you know, and he's rolling the dice seven, come 11, come on. You know, I don't think this guy's going to pull the trigger. I don't think he's got it. You know, so uh, here comes another handful of peas and carrots across the table. So I excuse myself and, uh, pick him up very nicely from his chair and it was in uh, near Chinatown San Francisco and I took him in the back alley you know and the cooks are back there smoking and I went through the I called the Bob Vernon five steps and Bob Vernon was the assistant chief of police of Los Angeles Police Department and wrote a lot of books and, and gave a lot of lectures and a uh, very right on guy um, 
And we'd do the same thing. What did I tell you? You told me not, you know, and, you know, I, Daddy told you not to throw the peas and carrots. And then what did Daddy said that, you know, he can't talk to me, but he can understand. Um, Daddy said, you know, don't do that. And you did it. So Daddy said, it's going to spank you. Whack, cries, hug him, take him back in, put him in his high chair. Rest of the night, no problem. No peas and carrots flying around. Um, he's fine. He got his, he's got his little feelings hurt a little bit. So he's getting over it. And um, other times in the restaurant, I didn't have a problem with them. But when you have a child that you're afraid to go out to a restaurant or go someplace or be someplace with him because he's a terror, that's on you. You you need to rewind the clock. And for those of you that haven't had the child yet, listen to me. Take this advice. You will save yourself mountains and and monument weight of of trouble and grief and heartache and we're not talking about adolescence and everything that can go wacky there the respect that you put in that child the responsibility that you put in that child the empathy that you make that child develop the, the giving of self, the giving of grace, when you have a chance to give someone grace, that's unmerited favor. So when someone does something against you, you have a chance to forgive them. You have a chance to give them grace. So I always say, when you have a chance to give grace, give it. Because there's going to be a time when you're going to need it. A lot more times than you're going to need it, than you're going to be able to give it. Give of yourself. Give of your time, of your talents. You know, help that neighbor across the street. Be involved in your community. And it sounds really like a campaign speech, which uh, is abhor the, the politics and, and the phoniness of it all. But foundation of a child. I could talk to you for another five hours but we're going to wrap it up here. And um, I would hope that you got something out of this talk. It's not about corporal punishment. It's about being the example. It's about spending quality time. And you always hear that quality time. What's quality time? Quality time is like the radio is not on, TV is not on, six kids aren't running around the house, and you're trying to have a conversation. Quality time is sitting in your Jeep Cherokees down by the horse pad um at eight o'clock at night just talking to your child one-on-one for an hour and a half that's quality time quality time is taking a hike and sitting on a uh, on a rock and and just talking to your, your child about life and what's going on with them and how's their relationships and how's school and what kind of things are bothering you and what do you want to be and and what are your passions and what kind of problems are you having and be that ear, be that source, be that person that they can go to. And you will build that foundation. Just be consistent, be real. You know, you're not perfect. You're going to screw up. You're not always going to be the example. But be real. Because kids are just, they're like the, the, the level of, you know, the bubble, the little bubble that you level, they can tell if you're a sixteenth of an inch off across the room. They can tell and spot a phony 
I had a relative whose name will go not in this, who lived in a different state. And when he would come, um, he was so phony that my children, even from the beginning, knew. And they just stayed away from him. And it wasn't that he was doing anything bad. It was just that it was all phony. It wasn't sincere. Kids can kids and dogs. I had a dog that first met our neighbors, you know, he just didn't like her. He didn't like this and he liked everybody. He's big big lovable golden retriever, but he didn't like Marge and and Marge was um our neighbor and she said, Oh, I love dogs and blah 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 but uh, our dog did not like and she turned out to be Oh my gosh, just uh, not a very pleasant woman. Um, actually called up and left a message on our our, our, our phone, remember those, uh, answering machine that uh, if your dog comes over here again, I'm going to shoot him. So, all right, I'll leave you with that up thought. Um, anyway, be a good, good, be a good parent. Stick in there. It's a tough job. Be responsible. Be real. Uh, walk the walk and teach your child to be accountable. When it's his fault, it's his fault. It's not your fault. You don't take the blame. It's not the teacher's fault. It's not the, the classroom's fault. It's not the curriculum fault. It's your kid's fault. Cop out to it. Learn how to deal with it. Learn how to take responsibility. Man up. And get that book. You think I own that book, but it's just a good book. And it's uh, very interesting. Um, get it on Audible Take. Get it on wherever. It's Peter, Jordan Peterson, uh, The 12 Rules of Life. Uh, God bless. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.